Talk Radio 96.7. We are taking a break from Dave Ramsey because we are going to talk sports for the next hour, as we do every Thursday from 8 until 9. With Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone. The Ozone. Tonight brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland, turning scrap metal into cash, and by Foshi Jewelers. Let's do it. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe. In the Ozone, we want to welcome Foshi Jewelers into the Ozone as one of our sponsors. Uh, tell you what, two great families there, the Foshis at their jewelry store and Frank and Rose Julia at Allied Scrap. Man, you can't get any better than that. So um, my wife's always giving me some of her watches to take and get new batteries put in them at Foshi Jewelers, and they do it while you wait. You know, it's so neat to go over there. Well, the Florida Gators. Took it on the chin last night from the Alabama Crimson Tide, 97-69 in Tuscaloosa. And uh, we're going to have to recover a little bit, Coach Joe, but the Gators are going to be coming up this Saturday on WONN. You can hear them host Vanderbilt. Tip-off is 3.30, and the pregame's at 3 o'clock. Then next Wednesday, the 15th, the day after Valentine's Day, Ole Miss comes to Gainesville. The Gators will take on the Rebels at 6.30, tip-off. 6 p.m. pregame. Yeah, it's not getting any easier now that they're through this that four-game death march. Uh, Vanderbilt has just coming off a last-second win over Tennessee. What a game last night! Uh, yeah, so uh, they're playing very well. But having the game in Gainesville should help. Uh, the Gators tend to play a lot better there on the road at Alabama last night. The 10th-ranked Gator defense was torn apart. It, it happened early and it happened quickly. Uh, you can't say they got off to a slow start. They got off to no start at all. They were, <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> they were behind very fast, and it just got worse as the half went on. And uh, they made a couple runs, but it, by then it was it was long gone. It was it's so different than the Kentucky game, where the Gators were very competitive, and Castleton was the best player on the court during that game. Now they came up a little bit short there, and it's a couple of tough tough losses. Uh, it, it's. They really could have used one of those to, to help their NCAA resume. I think they still have a chance, but they really have to take care of, of business in these games that are coming up, especially the home games, especially the game against Kentucky. And then they have to do something in the SEC tournament. It, they're right on the edge, uh, and they really don't have much of a margin for any bad nights. They, they're going to have to play really hard. But they play such good defense, except for last night. Uh, don't give up on them yet. No, I, I, I just think Alabama's just not in our league. I mean, they're just so much better. Well, yeah, you get that feeling when the Gators play some teams. You see it's just it, it's a bad matchup, and, and uh, that's where they are right now. You know, we've got a couple of good players, but Alabama has such a quick and fast and big team uh, that I don't – you're right. I don't think we could – I don't think we could play them five, six, ten times and beat them any of those times, no matter where we played them. <laughs> I agree. Not this year, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. And uh, Kawasi Reeves, what what is he doing? I mean, <laughs> he gets the ball. It's going up. He doesn't care where he is, and he's not shooting very well, but he just keeps shooting. I wish he would uh, drive more and uh, challenge more that way. I think when the Gators are pulling up and launching threes, they're – that's when they're at their weakest, and they couldn't hit any of them last night because a lot of them are forced. You know, they yeah. they, they don't they don't work the ball enough to get a really good shot. 
And you see Alabama hitting shots because they're, they're wide open. Uh, but the Gators are not. Every shot is contested. There's not, a, there's not enough of cohesion there, especially with somebody like Reeves, who has such a, an ability to – he's a triple threat. He can go in, you know, in any direction with, with it. But he always likes to just pull up and launch those threes, which is probably the weakest part of his game. Yeah, it is. And the guy, he's really so athletic. I'm like you. I wish he would take the ball inside more. But I tell you what, we've got some really great basketball players coming up here. Oh, yeah. We're going to have Kurt Alston, who was an assistant coach on that 81 national champion Florida Southern College Mox team. And he's going to be coming up. And then we're going to have Chris Richard, who was a national champion back-to-back for the Florida Gators in 06-07. You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. This is Joe Williams. I coached the Jacksonville team back in 1970 when we went to the NCAA Finals. And you're listening to Ronnie Ocean coming on live. Ronnie O, Coach Joe in the Ozone Talk Radio 96.7. The Ozone tonight brought to you by Foshi Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry shop, and by Allied Scrap Processors of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone, and we are pleased to have with us Mr. Kurt Alston, who was an assistant coach for the 1981 National Champions Division II Mocks. Florida Southern Mocs called the Moving Mocs. Kurt, welcome to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Thanks, Coach Joe and Ronnie. How y'all doing today? Man, doing fantastic. Could not be better. You know, I really appreciate you guys letting me share the luncheon with you guys the other day and hear all the stories and see the camaraderie. And, you know, I don't know how often you guys get together, but it seemed like you'd been together for months at a time um, it was so good to get together with you and your teammates and um, some of the kids you coached. Right. It's amazing. It's been over 40 years since we won the national championship. And then we try to get back like every five years, you know, to to um, come down to Lakeland because we enjoy coming down and we love the people here in Lakeland. They treat us real well. Well, I'll tell you, it was a lot of fun. That was a hard-earned national championship. You guys really had some close games that you won. UCF was a team that you guys really played tough games against. They had actually beaten you here, and um, you guys beat them in the championship game. And then in the playoffs, you beat them 73-71 over there. And Torchy Clark was one of the great Division II basketball coaches of all time, what do you remember about that game? Well, Torchy was a great was a great um, coach, and his son was really good too. Bo, Bo was a tough player to play against, you know. So he had all the moves and everything there. But the tough thing about our group, what made us a championship team, was that we played a lot of Division One schools that got us ready for those type of games, like like Central Florida, because Central Florida was our biggest rivalry at that point. They, uh, we're, we're talking tonight with Kurt Austin, the assistant coach of the 1981 Division II National Champ Florida Southern College Mocs, 682-1430, 682-1430 if you want to join us. It, what it, that uh, UCF? You think about about that back then? They were Division Two, and that that rivalry. Uh, do you have uh, what? what how did those games go back in uh, 1981? 
1981, um, when we went there and won 73-71, it was a real tough game, and the guys played really well, you know. We held, we held their main player down to, you know, he didn't score like the 30 points like he usually scored. But our guys played well. Um, John Eblen, Mike Hayes, Felix Satouian, Clyde played really well also, you know. So that was a big factor in them. Clyde played a strong game as running the point and scoring a little bit too. You know, we had John uh, Eblen on last week here on the, sh- on the show. And I guess the offense, did it kind of run through him? Yes, the offense runs through John. That's the way Whistle has set it up. You know, we go inside, go outside. You know, then you had Mark King. When we go inside, John looked for Mark King also. And Mark King, you know, was a great shooter. You know, and we would, we would switch also, whereas Felix, would go, Felix and Mike would go down low and John would pop out to the, to the center, you know, to the foul line. So we could open up on them because Mike has the longest arm that I ever seen in my life. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, we we talked about one of the things we talked about last week was there was uh, no three point shot back in 1981, if I remember. No correctly. three point shot, and there was, and there and was, was no no, th- no clock either. Yeah. So, so um, how did you you pace the offense? Did you encourage them to uh, to put it up after a certain amount of time, to a certain amount of passes? You know, it wasn't like one of those well, Hoosiers things, three passes, passes before we, we shoot, right? <laughs> but we didn't have – yeah, there has to be at least three to four passes before we shoot, okay? So, But there wasn't a time limit on when we had to shoot. But if you had an open shot, you would take it. But we would run the offense, you know, that whistle designed for us to run. And, you know, John with the low post moves, I mean, he was unstoppable. Well, one of the games that was really tough on you guys, another tough game – was you had to go all the way out to the West Coast to play Puget Sound, and they had a big guy too. And um, John said that guy was pretty tough. You guys beat yeah. them 56-55. What do you remember about that game? That game, we was we was down the whole game, you know. It was a back and forth, but we was always down like three, four points and everything. So, And then I just had a gut feeling that these guys were going to pull it out because – they wanted it so bad. So once we won that game, I just knew in my heart that we would win the national championship because I think that was more that was the toughest game to play in in that in that arena that we played in against them. Their fans was crazy. <laughs> I remember you guys talking about that and um, there was a conversation. John was just exhausted and there was a conversation on the free throw line uh, do you remember that conversation? What was said? Yeah, that conversation with Mike and Mike and John, and Mike <laughs> said, Mike told Mike told John, John, you got to you got to get tough. Don't put your hands on your knees. You know, <laughs> don't put your hands on knees because they they know you're going to be tired. Because Mike never got tired. Okay. <laughs> and then John said, I've been playing this the whole. I've been doing this the whole game. I've been running up and down this court the whole game. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, but 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 John was dead tied in that game, but he played his butt off. Well, by the time you got to the finals, well, you beat Cal Poly San Luis Obispo fifty four fifty one in a tight game. So by the time you got to the finals and played Mount St. Mary's at seventy three sixty eight, looked like a hundred, didn't it? 
Yeah, it looked like 100. But we was always in control. That game, the championship game, we was always in control of that game. Okay, so it wasn't like we felt – we just felt that we – we had the energy, you know, and Clyde plays exceptionally well that game. You know, he was a big reason for us winning that championship game, you know, as as being the point guard. Was Clyde the one that had been in the Marine Corps previously? That's right. Clyde was the old man of the team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what y'all call him, Gramps or Pops? We, or... we, call, we, we, we call him um, Grandpa. Uh, but, you know, his maturity <clears throat> must have brought a calmness to the team, uh, you know, playing with the young guys. The the young guys, but remember, them the veterans we had, because we had Mike and Felix, you know, they, those guys were seniors, and they brought the maturity and helping the young guys. But what really helped us, Ron and Coach Joe, is that, we started off the season three and seven. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> yes, that's the way we start off the season three and seven, and we, we made us better. We we played a lot of Division One schools. You know, we lost some close games there, but then when it got to the conference and stuff, that just made us better to go on and you know be better for the conference and and just we just rolled through. A lot of the conference games. We only had a couple of tough games in the conference, and that made us that made us better playing them Division One schools. Mm-hmm. Now that now today that doesn't that will never happen again. Every one of the guys that I talked to, to a man, credited the practices that you and Coach Whistle put on. They said that they were so tired that the practices would be over so they could go eat dinner at six thirty. They said they could. They were so tired they couldn't eat. They'd go to McDonald's and say, "Don't throw that food away." <laughs> they're, they're poor college kids. They can't afford to pay for can't it. Afford it. We went there and the, and they would give us the food every time we went there. You know, because we would run. You know, in practice we would run. You know, we would do ten suicides a day. Wow. And you know what suicides are, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, if they're what I remember them. <laughs> Yes, and they was tough at the end of practice. And then we had to sit there and we had to make our free throws, you know. There was a contest that we had between, you know, between the guys. You know, we put five on one end and five on the other end. You know, whoever makes 30 free throws first don't have to run. <laughs> Explain suicides. Um, I never played oh, basketball. Coach oh, Joe did. Yeah. Suicide, you would, start, you would start at the end line. You run to the foul line, you run back, you run to half court, you run back, you run to the the other end of the foul line, you run back, then you run to the end of the line and run back. That's one suicide. Yeah, don't stop either. Wow. <laughs> you better do don't it. Stop. <laughs> you better you get them do done with, in time. <laughs> and you got to get them done within 30 seconds. Man. That 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 not only not only the hard running but the quick stops and starts. Like you see on a basketball court, it's a great workout. But oh man, were those those hard? And and, and, and if, I got if one, if one guy don't make it, you got you add one on. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, I got to ask you. You know, uh, I remember I was in high school around that time, and my gym didn't have 
air conditioned, and we were running those, and we were just dying down in South Florida. Uh, did you guys at least have an air conditioned gym back in 1981? No, we didn't. It we, didn't. Oh, no, man. we, we didn't. We didn't have no air conditioning. Oh my <laughs> goodness! <laughs> and even it, in during basketball season, it's incredibly hot in one of those gyms, and they're and they're working oh, out yeah. like that. Uh, now, now back in the day, Coach, uh, was it yeah, water whenever you needed, or yeah, tough it out? <laughs> no, water whatever we needed. Oh, well, we got we that going. Yeah. We we wasn't that cruel. <laughs> 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 oh, you were going easy on the guys. <laughs> yeah, we were going easy on them. You know, we were working hard, but we they could get some water. Well, now you had played there, Kurt. Uh, your senior year was the year before. Is that correct? Yeah, I played my senior year. We made it to the Final Four, and we lost to Virginia Union in overtime. And they had Charles Oakley. Oh my gosh, um, he was a beast. <laughs> yeah. Well, now how hard was it for you to coach guys that you had played with? Oh, it was pretty easy. I mean, because them guys respected me. Because, like, like earlier, Ron, when I was talking to you at the at the luncheon, is that when I came down here the year before I came, they were three and twenty-five. My God! My first year, my first year, we turned it around. We went eighteen and twelve. That- and my senior year. My senior year, we was like twenty-five and seven. It's a lot easier to do suicides with twenty-five wins and twenty-five losses, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, and then you know, after I came down here one year, that's when I recruited Mike and Felix from New York because that's where I'm originally from. Oh man, we well, all went. We all went to Westchester Community College. Kurt, you've been successful off the court as well. Tell the audience what you're doing. Right now, I'm retired. But I, I was in, I was the director of IT for 20 years up in Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I loved what I was doing, and, you know, I wouldn't change anything for the world. But um, I'm, I'm doing well. My family's doing well. Appreciate your guys' accent. Kurt, we have a lot of kids that listen to the show. Talk a little bit about you parlayed your athletic ability into a college education. Talk about the importance of that college education after you were through playing basketball? Oh, it was, it was so valuable. I majored in marketing. So when I got out, I was able to get a job, you know, quickly, you know, and the school helped me out a lot. I mean, it's very important. Education comes first. Kids, make sure you listen to your teachers, listen to your parents. And that's very important. And when you go out there and play any sport. Go out there and have fun because 99% is not going to make it to the, to the big leagues, okay? So if, 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 if you enjoy it, enjoy any sport that you do, but it make sure you enjoy it, but make sure you stay in the classroom because, because when I first came down here, I got a head start and I went to summer school so I can, you know, get ahead of the game being on – being on campus and making see how things go because I was that was my first time away from home, leaving New York, going down to Florida. <laughs> yeah. uh, Kurt, we certainly appreciate you being with us tonight. Thank you for your time. It was a real pleasure to meet you and your teammates, and I uh, look forward to seeing you again at the next reunion. All right. Thanks a lot, Ron. Thanks, Coach Joe. 
Thank you, Kurt. Appreciate All right. it. Kurt Alston. All right. A real gentleman, a scholar, and a great basketball player. Well, you're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Talk Radio 96.7, talking sports in the Ozone. The Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe, and it's brought to you by Faux She Jewelers, your one-stop jewelry shop in Lakeland, and by Allied Scrap Processors. They turn scrap metal into cash. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. One of our favorite guests is with us tonight, the newest Southeastern Conference basketball legend, Mr. Chris Richard. Chris, welcome back to the Ozone with Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Thank you for having me, fellas. Oh, man, it's always our pleasure. We can't wait to get you on. Um, do you have any eligibility left? The Gators could have sure used you last night in Tuscaloosa. People ask me that often. I, I wish I did. The guys get paid a lot more, so I wish I did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um, Chris, you were – you were one of the. You're still one of the top ten Gators all time in number of games played. You played 141 games at UF, and in back-to-back years, you were a big part of that 06-07 back-to-back national championship. You shot 69 percent in both of those years. That is tremendous. What what went into your shot selection? Why did you shoot such a high percentage? I think it was more or less uh, the placement where I got the ball that I, I, I tried to make it as easy as possible. So uh, I got a lot of putbacks. I got a lot of dunks around the goal. I mean, I made some shots, but I put myself in the situation where I had the best chance to make a shot. So it was a dunk or a layup. Sounds simple, but if it was that simple, everybody would do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, i tell you what, you know, one of the things that really, one of my pet peeves in life is that the 06, 07 Gators are never mentioned when they talk about some of the great teams all time, and that just aggravates me. Does that bother you? Not really, because we started off, nobody really talked about it, so it's consistent. Um, Plus, I don't think people really liked us like that. We came on the scene and forced people to like us. But <laughs> <laughs> outside of that, I don't think they care for us. They like the North Carolinas and Dukes. <laughs> we were just talking about that. You know, Just recently, North Carolina and Duke played, and they were hyping it up. Oh, North Carolina Duke's playing. Oh, my goodness, it's North Carolina and Duke. They're both unranked. But they didn't right. tell you that. It's kind of like the Cowboys. Uh, yeah. <laughs> These announcers always have their favorites. Well, one of our favorites is here tonight joining us, the great Chris Richard, who was uh, SEC Sixth Man of the Year in 2007. And, of course, part of the – he is a two-time NCAA champion in men's basketball. Uh, Chris, Coach Joe here, it's great having you on the show to talk basketball. Uh, I, I, Man, I, I – the SEC men's basketball legend. You're, you're going to be, uh, uh, I guess, honored at the 2023 uh, SEC tournament that's coming up in Nashville next month. Uh, I think every team is uh, has a legend. You're the Gators legend. What is that involved? Is it like a panel discussion? Do you get uh, uh, you get a dinner or or how do, how are they? If if I'm going to the SEC tournament, how do I get a chance to uh, 
to see you get honored as a SEC basketball legend? So we get recognized twice. So first at our first game. So whoever we play the first night, I'll get recognized at halftime or before the game for that that game. And then they bring everybody together for the semifinal game and we all get announced at the same time. So we get a trophy award, some type of award. Uh, I don't know what it is, a gift. I saw on the, on the note, uh, I guess we get a trip out of the deal. I don't know if it's a dinner or a banquet or anything uh, formal like that, but seems like it'll be pretty nice. It does sound really nice, yeah. Uh, the Besides being sixth man of the year in 07, you're also uh, Florida's Mr. Basketball uh, prior to that when, during your Kathleen days. Uh, so I'm bringing up all type of stuff. Oh, yeah, we won. <laughs> we, uh, and we got the two-time national champion, a legend like he, a legend on the yeah. show. Yeah, he we're, was the Dairy Farmers and Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Florida. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no doubt. Uh, and and you know, Ronnie was just talking about you know the attention paid to the Gator greats like yourself and the and the great Gator basketball, especially that 0607 team. Uh, the SEC Network has a documentary series out now, Basketball in the South. Now it's in the early chapters, so they're still talking about the the early days. Uh, although it, I would note it was good to see our, our friend Bailey Howell get some airtime in the last episode. But i got to ask you, you know, since it's already been filmed and we're just waiting on episodes, uh, did anybody approach you to, you know, get a, a, talk, a talking head uh, comment or anything about uh, the 0607 Gators? Not for this one. I don't make a cameo. Uh, I think they shot this last year um, during the COVID year. I'm mm-hmm. not sure, but I didn't, I'm not on this one. They couldn't I'm afford not. you, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm cheap. Yeah. Well, the, the back-to-back 30 for uh, 30, 30 for 30 back-to-back uh, 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 documentary about the back-to-back Gators, though uh, that was that was pretty pretty amazing stuff, so... Uh, you think maybe they'll reuse some of that footage? I don't know. I think I might have just missed the ship on this one. They uh, <laughs> got whoever they got. <laughs> you kept it moving. <laughs> uh, well, well, we're gonna we're gonna keep an eye on that to see exactly <laughs> see exactly how what kind of attention they're gonna pay when they get to that part of the uh, that part of the series. I think uh, Joe Kim probably hogged the mic. All the yeah, time. maybe. More than likely. <laughs> <laughs> that could very well have happened. <laughs> uh, do you guys get together and have reunions? We do. Um, I just spoke to him, Joaquim, a few weeks ago. Uh, I wouldn't say a reunion, but a few of us may meet up different places and, you know, catch up at that time, but not a formal group reunion or anything. Well, it's now the 15th anniversary of the 07 title. So uh, uh, you got to start thinking about in terms of like a 20-year reunion uh, and uh, uh, hopefully uh, Gainesville will do something for you guys going forward like that. It's always great when I go to the, the arena and see those banners hanging there, and we're so proud of, of everything you guys accomplished. i got to ask you, though, because this came up in our last segment. I don't know if you were aware. Uh, our, our guest was a coach for uh, Florida Southern back in the early 80s, and he talked about suicides. And immediately I had to start thinking about that gator practice court in the bubble there at the O-Dome and uh, whether or not Billy Donovan used to have you run a lot of suicides. Early, the first two years, we did a lot of suicides and conditioning and all that stuff. And we didn't win as much. And then I think he went to, <laughs> he went to like a, 
I think it was Doc Rivers or the Celtics or somebody kind of changed the way that they practice and worked out in condition. So we only conditioned during practice. So we went as hard as we could during practice, and that was pretty much it. We still did some early morning workouts, but once he did away with suicide, we became a better team. You guys didn't miss him, I guess, huh? I'll take take anybody like him. Well, you know, you mentioned that people didn't want to accept that Florida could be that good in basketball. And, uh, you know, you guys, you beat two of the blue bloods of all time, Ohio State, and you beat UCLA for championships. Uh, Which was the harder game, the the Ohio State game or the UCLA game? Hmm. That's a good question. You had Greg Oden to go against, who was the first overall pick in the NBA draft with Ohio State. Well, it was a little. We played, even though we didn't play the first time in December. It was we had we were kind of familiar with that team a little bit more. I think we were a little bit more confident. And by the time we got to the championship game, I don't think we felt like we'd lose at all. <laughs> was there a specific so plan against Oden, Chris? Against Odin, was there a specific plan uh, that you and and Noah and and uh, Horford might have been? You know, you do this, you do that, switch off, do do something like that. No, I think all of us thought we could stop him alone. We didn't think we needed a double team. We didn't think we needed any of that, but he was pretty good. <laughs> he was strong too. <laughs> By then, I don't know if there was anybody any stronger than you, man. I can remember those muscles bulging, and when you went up, I don't think people got in your way. <laughs> man, I did a good job of moving people out of the way. <laughs> uh, what did you weigh when you were playing? About two fifty. Wow, and you're what six ten? Six eight, six nine. Mm-hmm. Wow. My goodness. Well, you know, one of the things I always admired about you is you were a big scorer at Kathleen, and you adapted your game to come off the bench. What what kind of adjustments did that require on your part? That was probably the hardest part mentally for me because, um, like you said, I was kind of the man coming from high school and then going to college and having to reset. But I did realize that if I wanted to play, I have to do a coach say so. It was tough, but – once we got better and um, the 014 came in, I think we started to click a little bit more and gel a little bit more, and everybody realized what their roles were. So at that time, it started to get a little bit more fun. So it didn't matter as much. Uh, Chris, are you paying attention to this year's Gator team? You got any uh, suggestions for them? I think we got to play a little bit harder. We play hard, but I don't think we uh, – I don't know. I don't think we are as tough as some of the teams we play against. I think uh, we picked up in areas depending on, like when we, I went to the Georgia game, we, we we played great that game. I thought that was one of our better games this season. But uh, sometimes I think we're too lax. We don't really play hard enough for me. Yeah, I get that feeling too sometimes. Chris, it's, it's so great having you on the show. You haven't had you in the studio in a while. you got to come back and uh, visit us in here, man. We'll have a good time. I was hoping this would have been a studio show. Oh man! I didn't get the invite, so I can't. That's my that fault, Ronnie. That is my fault. I am sorry. I, I thought you know he's so. We busy. had a chance to have the legend here. Oh man, man. that right. is on me. I man, I tell you what, I just fouled out. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll make we'll make it up to you, man. I promise. <laughs> I promise. Uh, maybe see you at the Gator Gathering in a few weeks. 
possibly. Yeah, that would be awesome. Well, we appreciate you being w- with us by phone. Uh, and, of course, you're, you're, hey, no matter what Ronnie says, you're welcome here anytime. Oh, man, I am so sorry. <laughs> yes, sir. Anytime, Chris, you know that. So, uh, right. Chris, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Chris. Congratulations on that award. I mean, richly deserved. Thank you. Is that a pun? You, you, you've been doing it on purpose? I've been catching that. I like I like how you put the richly deserved. <laughs> oh, uh, Chris, thank you so much. We appreciate you being on with us tonight. No problem. Yeah, have a good one. Thanks, All right. Chris. The great Chris Richard. I tell you what, what a gentleman. You know, Not just a great basketball player, but a real gentleman, a kid that – Lakeland can be so proud of, and uh, you know he's just a gentle giant. But he wasn't that way on the court, buddy. <laughs> Let me tell you what. All right, he, he's such a such a great guy. Really nice. He really is. Nice You're listening to Ronnie O and Coach Joe on Talk Radio 96.7 WLKF. Hello, this is Kenny Gant, former Kathleen Red Devils and Dallas Cowboys. You'll listen to Ronnie Ocean in the Ozone. Ozone. Oh, yeah. Ronnie O and Coach Joe in the Ozone tonight, brought to you by Allied Scrap Processors and by Foshi Jewelers, both of Lakeland. All right, Ronnie O and Coach Joe back in the Ozone. I can hear those stomachs growling out there, Coach Joe. They're hungry, they're thirsty. So here you go. If you haven't won the last six months, you are eligible to win the $30 gift certificate to Miller's Lakeland Ale House and go out there and eat some of that scrumptious food and imbibe on a cold beverage of your choice. So, here you go. 682-1430 is the number. What we want to know is Jalen Hurts, starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles, he attended two colleges. Which of these colleges did he not attend? All right. A- was he a Florida Gator? B, was he an Oklahoma Sooner? B or C, did he play for the Alabama Crimson Tide? 682-1430 is the number if you haven't won in the last six months. 682-1430. If you're hungry and thirsty, give us a call. All right. Ronnie O and Coach Joe. Coach Joe, who you got in the Super Bowl? Well, I can tell you who I'm rooting for, which would be the uh, Eagles. Going for the Philadelphia crew, I'd like to see them win. I, I uh, and I think they're a very talented team. Uh, you, you know, you, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, of course, and he's got a couple of great wide receivers. You got, uh, uh, I can't believe they got uh, you know, Brown from the Titans. I mean, he's just so good. And and they already had Devontae Smith. They drafted him, the form a former Heisman winner, and and they're. They really are good moving that ball up and down the field. And what's interesting about what they do is they slow down the opposing defense with that read option run they do. Hertz is such an effective runner that they're able to actually, I saw San Francisco linebackers literally standing still during a play because they weren't sure which way to go. If they can do something like that and run the ball effectively, they have a chance. But... The Chiefs have Patrick Mahomes, and uh, I think they're I think they're going to win. I'm rooting for the Eagles. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. We got somebody that's hungry and thirsty. Who's this? Walt, how yeah, you doing, sir? I can, 
Y'all have to put up with me. This is an even month, so I'm not in the hospital. <laughs> well, we're glad about that. Yeah. Were you in the hospital in January then? Yes. Oh, my goodness. How are you doing all right? Well, pretty good. I really was having some new issues, but, hey, what do you do? You just I understand. roll with it and move forward and try to make other people happy. There you go. Well, you're making us happy by calling in. There you're you gonna, go. You're going to make uh, somebody happy by by winning uh, the quiz, if you know the answer. I'm going to take a wild stab. I don't think he was ever a gator. Yeah. You're exactly right. <laughs> You're exactly right. We should have been so lucky. He was pretty good. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, I know. I know. And during that time, we could have used him. <laughs> yeah, we ended up with Will Greer around then, and uh, and he he's good. But, uh, you know, it was always something, you know, <laughs> something oh, yeah. happened back in those days. Yeah, no doubt about it. Who are you picking in the Super Bowl, Walt? I'm actually, because of the way everybody's acting in Philly, I think it's going to fire up, even though I know there's some new issues with, um, you know, with Kansas City's quarterback that may change that a bit. But I, I really think um, Kansas City is going to win it. Yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for the Chiefs, but I think the Eagles are the better team. Oh, so. there's no doubt now, especially, but. You know, there, there's parts of the game that they haven't had to use again. And I don't know, the pros have just gotten to where they watch. It's like they watched the game before and they defense against the game before. It's just gotten so predictable in the pros. You know, Walt, there's a hidden factor uh, for the Chiefs in this game. Keep an eye on this, is they just activated uh, the running back from LSU, Edwards Hilary. That's and, true. And uh, that... You know the the Chiefs' running game can be pretty well. It can be pretty non-existent at times. So if they're effective running the ball against that Philly defense, and um, and it and that'll open up things for Mahomes, and he's not too hampered by that ankle sprain. Well, uh, and this is what gets me about the pros. You know, the announcers they'll just go, "Wow, who would have ever thought that they were thrown to a guy that's only had." Four passes thrown his way all year, so they don't even defense them. And your quarterback, if he's quick enough to pick them up, there's so many open players, but they, it just seems like the quarterbacks today just latch in on two and they stand there forever when they've got the line to do it, and they keep looking for them to open, and other guys are like way down the field waving their arms. <laughs> well, Edwards Alaire, another thing he brings is he's a very good receiver out of the backfield. And uh, that's, as Coach Joe alluded, that's an aspect they haven't really had that much of. And if he can bring them a running game, then maybe you got a little different game. I'm still not convinced, though, that Mahomes is 100 I know he's not 100% healthy. And when other guys have had a high ankle sprain, that's it's a long-term deal. Yeah. Well, it, and you know, just like what gave them, got him into it was the fact that nobody expected him to run, and they left that corner wide open. And not only does he make it around the corner, and then that dummy, I might as well call him that, hits him when he's clearly out of bounds. Situational awareness. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he had to know that uh, there's no way that that uh, Mahomes is going to— by the way, Mahomes, when he runs, tends to do that, run towards the sideline and then cut back. Uh, but in this situation— situational awareness. There was no way Mahomes was going to cut back because he, he were out of timeouts. He had to run out of bounds to stop the clock, and the uh, and the linebacker chasing him lost track of where, where he was and hit him well out of bounds. I mean, it was 
I know the officials don't like to throw flags in that situation, but it would have been a scandal if they hadn't. Well, let me ask you a question. When are you two guys going to really put on the real sports-minded people, the, the women that put up with you two? Mm-hmm. Oh, Let's no, hear no, some no. behind-the-scene talking, or, no, or do we no, always no. have to hear no. the obvious? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, my, I hope my wife's not listening because – I may have some bumps and bruises when I get home. <laughs> and uh, so, Walt, you're banned from the show forever, forever and ever, <laughs> for even suggesting something like this that. This is the one hour a week we get, man. What you- <laughs> That's right. Well, is that supposed to be a, some kind of threat? <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> Thank you so much, Walt.